Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 289, best version of Ticket to Ride. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, Anthony, we are back. And we are back with a brand new feature. We are talking about our best version of whatever it may be. And this week, it's Ticket to Ride. Yeah, like this is a cool new feature we came up with while thinking of what to do uh, for future episodes. And the idea is some games have dozens of expansions, dozens of, you know, additional versions, promos, whatever. You know, all these different modules you can play with. What is the best version of that game? If you have the base game or thinking about buying it, what should you buy? And so we're going to be going through those in future episodes. But this week we're going to do Ticket to Ride, which has, I think, 25 or 30 different versions of the game or expansions that you can pick up. Wow. What should you own? What's the best version? We're going to lock it down unequivocally the very best version of Ticket to Ride that you absolutely should buy 100%. Absolutely. And this hopefully will be a good kind of buying guide for you or even a playing guide. I mean, if you're like me, you still feel the need to collect everything, but there typically is a best version. And we'll talk about that on our feature review. But Anthony, before we get into that, we made some news last week and we have some additional news about one of the biggest things that BGA has ever done. Yeah, we announced last week that we are launching BGA Live. This is a brand new live streamed event that we're going to put on every week um, in coordination with Board Game Arena. And we mentioned last week that we may be launching this week. We are still kind of working out just a handful of kinks. So episode one will go up on September 9th, 2020. Uh, We're going to be talking about one of our very favorite Euro games. So make sure you tune in. You can go to bgalive.com and see not only where to go to watch the stream, but what games we're going to be talking about, what the upcoming schedule is. We are going to be streaming every single week on boardgamearena.com on their BGA TV, because of course, BGA on BGA. And yeah, we're super psyched for it. We have everything set up. We have the technology in place. We have our you know people in place we're going to be playing with. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be streaming games from the BGA platform, the Board Game Arena platform, and talking about different elements, calling the game, like who's winning, who's losing, what they're doing right or wrong. Uh, we'll have the news of the week, uh, discussing kind of some of the things we talk about in the podcast here. So do not miss it. If you listen to this podcast regularly, make sure you hop on there. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time in the U.S., September 9th. So... Wednesday of next week. Yeah, and again, thanks to all of our Patreon backers and everybody who supports us in any way they can. Obviously, this is a huge undertaking, and the technology needed to be able to produce this came from our Patreon backers. We wouldn't have been able to do this otherwise, and we wouldn't have been able to do this if it wasn't for the overwhelming support of everyone who listens, everyone watches, everyone who goes to the website, our social media accounts, and everything else. We've been doing this for seven years. We're about to hit 300 episodes plus all the other hundreds of episodes we've done. So it's due to your support financially and social media and otherwise that really had made this happen. So thank you so much. We're so glad to bring you more content 
And finally, in-person content. All right, Anthony, so that's what's going on with BGA. Let's talk about what's going on with our listeners. What's our question of the week? All right, question of the week is one from a couple weeks ago. What makes your favorite game fun? Is it a unique mechanic, the feeling it gives you at the table, a special memory? Why do you love the favorite game that you always want other people to play so much? So uh, lots of good answers here, and they're kind of long because, of course, this is a question that breeds stories. Our buddy David says, it's a combination of things. There are a lot of games I love, but my favorite is probably Terraforming Mars. I love the theme. I've always been intrigued by anything to do with space exploration. I love the engine building mechanics. It is so satisfying to build your engine and pull off powerful combinations. I love that playing with different expansions changes the look and the feel of the game. And of course, I love playing with real people and the interactions you have around the table. Martin, another friend of the show, says, I really love worker placement and world building feeling I get from those games. Viticulture and Anachrony are top of the list and give me that feeling where starting with little resources, I can use them to develop my player board to make that engine that results in all those points. Uh, Jesse mentions Lords of Vegas, uh, one of their first games, and they played it constantly, uh, hoping your color draws from the deck and tossing poker chips around way better than paper money, I agree, uh, gives it the feeling of being at a casino with friends. We have Drew mentions the feeling of a sudden twist or surprise in a game, the excitement or panic of finding or being found by the opposing sub, specifically in Captain Sonar, um, or the unanticipated against the odd success or failings in quacks of quedlinburg uh i love all these answers it's really cool and especially like thank you guys for writing in like providing all these details personally for me war of the ring is my favorite game of all time and the reason why is every single time i play it it feels epic you know and a lot of games you say that about but this one is the feeling i actually get from the game and it might be the only game that really feels like that for me uh, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy has a special place for me, you know, in my life, in my heart. But playing through that and then going through those moments and having those big epic dice rolls about what's going to happen in particular battles. No other game really captures that the same with the decision making that you get to make in that game. So uh, from the very first time that I played it with you, Chris, to, you know, recent plays I've had with people here in Pittsburgh, that game is literally every single time I've played it just been you know, just this huge feeling of uh, success or failure, depending on if you win or lose. What about you? Yeah, we talk a lot about epic games, and a lot of games are epic, but I, I, I agree with you, Anthony. There's nothing more epic than that game. I don't think you have to be a huge Lord of the Rings fan to just get into that, but absolutely. For me, really what makes games very special and my favorite part, the most fun of the game is when I build up a tableau. So it could be something very simple, like let's say Caverna, where I have my cave set up and I have my my farm set up and I decided that I'm I'm you know digging for diamonds or maybe I'm gonna collect all these types of animals or maybe it's seven wonders and I'm putting together a particular civilization that's based on science or maybe it's got some military just looking at that tableau, just looking at what I built, win or lose, doesn't really make a difference, but that's my thing. You know, that's my machine. That's my victory points churning out each and every turn. 
based upon what I built. So when I walk away from a game, I walk away with the feeling that I created something and that it was doing a thing. And then even after the game's over, I can kind of like envision, well, in this scenario, it would have done this. Or in that scenario, it would have been able to, you know, counter that situation. So whatever the game may be, whether it's battling kind of game or a farming kind of game or a civilization kind of game, having that actual tableau that I built in front of me and pieced together from piece to piece really is my uh, favorite mechanic and takeaway from a game. All right, so that's everything that's going on with our listeners. If you would like to join us, and we wish you would because you are our favorite part of the podcast, please join us on any of our social media accounts. Facebook is ideal because there's so many conversations going on there. But we are also on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on the guilds on Board Game Geek. And I'm telling you, you're not going to find a better website for everything board game related than BoardGamersAnonymous.com. If you haven't been there, check it out. And of course, I'm sure you're on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel. You can listen to the podcast there. And obviously, with the new video content coming out, you'll find it housed there eventually as well. So please subscribe on YouTube. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with everybody in the world dealing with board game. Let's get on to the games that we want at the table. Let's talk about our acquisition disorders. Acquisition disorders. Yes, I love this section. I feel like we're both going to lose our minds in like four months when they start releasing <laughs> all the information about all the games that got delayed from this year. Oh my goodness, they're all going to come out at the same time. <laughs> it's going to happen, right? Oh man. Uh, so we're not there yet, thankfully. Uh, just occasional, you know, drip and feed of games. Uh, and the one that I'm interested in right now is it's actually only an expansion. Um, this is the first expansion for Paladins of the West Kingdom called City of Crowns. It's from Shen Phillips and Garpill Games, of course. And Paladins of the West Kingdom is my favorite game that they produced by a pretty far margin. <laughs> like, this game was pretty fantastic, and I had a lot of fun with it. The solo game was really, really solid. And, um, like, Architects of the West Kingdom is a very good game, but it's almost gimmicky, and you play it five or six times, it starts to feel kind of samey. This game always feels a little unique because of the paladins in your deck and how you change from round to round, right? The expansion, uh, it's going to add a little bit more content to that. So uh, you're going to have new extensions for both the main board and the player boards. You're going to have a new attribute to manage and new actions available in every turn. So anytime you add new actions to a worker placement game or a card drafting game, it explodes the possibilities of the game. Like, just even three or four new actions just blows up what you can do in an already very tightly managed game. I am waiting to see how much time this adds to the game because in my experience, this is the longest of his games. Uh, it, it goes a decent three plus hours, but I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It's the one of them that I kept on the shelf. Um, I have Architects somewhere in the closet, but this is the one I kept on the shelf because I really do enjoy it. So I'm very much looking forward to picking up the expansion, Paladins of the West Kingdom, City of Crowns, next year, sometime. <laughs> That's all right now. That's fantastic. You know, each of these games get better and better. And I just have a feeling this is probably going to be the best of them. So really looking forward to this. Speaking of something I'm looking forward to, 
there is a brand new expansion for Tapestry, which is called Plans and Ploys. Now, we've talked about this a little bit, and Stegmeier really has a great reputation of taking his game, figuring out, you know, once it gets out there in the world, what, you know, everyone found a kink here and a kink there, and Tapestry had a couple of those along the way. But what he's really been able to do in his career is produce an expansion that fixes a lot of those issues and actually brings the gameplay to a new level. So in particular, Scythe was one of my favorite games, but it really only opened up and became this amazing game when Fenris expansion came out, where it just really opened up and it was fantastic and everything really worked and it just felt like that was what the game should always be. So Tapestry was a game that I enjoyed a lot, but there were some things that were holding it back. So this expansion, Tapestry Plans and Ploys, was something I was really looking forward to. So what are you going to get in this? Well, first off, this is a small box expansion. It's not a gigantic box, so not not to worry too much about, like, is this going to be more than you can kind of handle? Because it's already a very big game. So first off, what you're going to get is 10 new civilizations. I think this is great because anytime when you have these games that have like starting abilities, they're going to get kind of samey right away. And they really are my favorite point of a game where the civilization has something unique, you know, whether it's terraforming Mars, we have that corporation that really kind of gets the engine started. So here, 10 new civilizations. Love that. That's awesome. Originally, they came with 16, so 10 new ones is, is, a, is a nice big chunk on top of it. In addition, there's new tapestry cards. If you remember, tapestry cards were kind of like really where the civilization kind of did its own thing. Where, you know, oh, I have a unique civilization. Yeah, kind of. You had like a power or a thing. But the tapestry cards, which you added to your civilization, really showed the progression and made them kind of unique. Now, in the original game, there wasn't a lot of interaction. There was, of course, a map, and you could kind of take over areas, but it really wasn't a thing. Here, the tapestry cards that come with this set also have a lot of kind of like attacks and also have these kind of trap cards. So if you get attacked, you can play these trap cards, or you can play a retreat card and move out of the, out of the way. So it does increase the interaction, which was missing from kind of the mainstay the big part of this is going to be the new landmarks now these new landmarks are going to kind of like add new buildings to the game add new cards to the game and each player gets a landmark at the start so you'll kind of be drafting these at the uh, beginning of the game and these landmarks become your capital city so not only are you going to have the starting civilization and the tapestry cards build out your civilization just for you to look unique but now, finally, you have something unique on the board. So I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, anytime it adds more civilizations, I'm on board. The new tapestry cards are nice because it's going to add some more interaction. I'm not sure how that'll play out, but I'm really looking forward to figuring out if the take that kind of situation really kind of meets the my expectations. There's also new tiles in the game, which is great because you definitely need more tiles and these... Space tiles in particular were really my favorite part of the game. And the landmarks. Again, it's nice just to have that kind of physical representation of something new. I will wait and see. You let me know how it is. And if it's good, 
I will play this game again. I didn't hate it, but it just did not sit well with me. All right. I'll let you know. All right, everyone. So that's the games that we want hit the table. Let's talk about the games that did hit the table and the tablet. And we'll let you know if those games are a buy and you should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play and you should sit down and, of course, play them. If those games are a dodge and you should avoid them. Or if those games are the dreaded burn and you should just delete them completely. All right, Anthony. So what do you have up for us this week? All right. It is at the tablet time on Board Board Gamers Anonymous. And uh, I have two things this week. One on the tablet, one on Steam. The first is the Cartographers app. This is from Thunderworks Games. And it is Cartographers, which was the Kennerspiel uh, nominee for Best Board Game, um, done on the tablet. It is a roll and write game, of course. But in this game, you have cards, which give you different shapes and different types of terrain that you're going to draw on your personal board. And there are multiple different scoring mechanics for each particular round. So you have like a similar mechanic to like an Isle of Sky, where there are four different scoring cards and each round, there's four of them, uh, which ones you do change. So you have A, B, B, C, C, D, and then A, D based on the four, right? And so you have to try to build out your tableau or your sheet uh, as effectively as possible based on what the scoring mechanisms are. The app comes with three different ways to play. There's kind of like the open-ended, do-whatever-you-want play. There's kind of the more restricted, a little bit harder play. And then there's the version where you can play against everybody else, where you have the same cards come out for everybody once a week, and you see who gets the highest score once a week, which is so cool. It's such an easy, clever thing to do for a roll-and-write app. And I have not seen any of them do it. It's such a cool idea. And it has me playing the game a lot more because I'm nowhere close to those high scores. I'm really bad at this game, apparently. But it gives you the opportunity to see what people are doing and just kind of try to keep challenging yourself and get better and better at the same layout every single time. So Cartographers was already probably my favorite, like, flip and write, roll and write type of game uh, from thunderworks this game uh, just totally captured my attention last year it's the best one that came out last year i think when we did our best roll and write games this was number one or two on my list uh welcome to might have beaten it out but it's really really solid i definitely recommend you check it out uh in the app that's on ios right now the other game i wanted to talk about was root which is now in early access for steam and this is of course the asymmetrical uh, war game from Cole Worley and Leader Games released by Direwolf Digital for Steam. And it is a very, very solid, interesting, engaging implementation of this game. It is colorful. Like from the first screen, you have like characters from the game playing like banjos and kazoos and just like this really catchy tune. Then you dive in and there's multiple layers in terms of like the layout of the game. You can play like really zoomed in. You can play really zoomed out and just like game pieces moving around. And so far, I haven't run into any bugs. I know it's early access, but it's been pretty clean, pretty clear. And, you know, I haven't had any issues. Um, It has asymmetrical play. So you can play with other people online. It has ranked play. Um, You can play against the AI, which is, you know, it's a work in progress. I, uh, pretty thoroughly thrash the AI with the cats and the cats never win this game. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, but 
the game is really, really solidly implemented. I'm really looking forward to the final version of this. Right now, it is only the first four factions. So you have the cats, the birds, the Woodland Alliance, and the Vagabond. And kind of limited in like the ways you can kind of mix that up. Um, it doesn't have the four expansion um, factions in there yet. But production's really solid. Presentation's really solid. I haven't had any bugs or glitches or crashes yet. Uh, and like we talked about Spirit Island a few weeks ago and how it was missing all these things. Root is not missing any of these things and it's not even in full release yet. So I do highly recommend it. It's kind of expensive, but it's if you really like Root, it's totally worth it right now. Nice. Cartographers was a game that I really was interested in playing it. And actually, in fact, last year when we were doing our Extra Life charity event, one of the game stores had brought it, the physical copy, and started setting up for me. And then I realized I was running an event. And as Anthony knows all too well, when you run an <laughs> event, you don't get to play anything or you try to play things and people yell at you. So I did not get to play that game. It's still it's still somehow on the outside. So this is great that this is an app. So it's really a, a good opportunity to actually get this game played. I, I'm not typically a big fan of Rolling Rights, but maybe on, on an app form, it really works. Yeah, I would I would say so. Uh this is the best roll and write app yet, Whoa. I think. That's uh, impressive. Gone Shown Clever is good, but it's just yes. Gone Shown Clever. It's just the solo version of that. This has challenges and leaderboards and all the rest. It's it's definitely the best version I've played so far. Yeah, and as you mentioned, and I, I don't know who thought of this, but to put Root on Steam is just fantastic because, again, that's just such a great game. And I never picked it up because it's such a heavy teach. And if you don't have people who know the factions well enough, you're going to have a long, long night. So mm. actually being able to play this on steam and have players who already know the game or can do the walkthroughs on their own is fantastic. And I've seen the artwork already. I mean, it's not perfect. It really doesn't completely capture the artwork like on spot, but it's pretty damn close. And I'm really, uh, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, it's like a surprisingly good implementation, especially because they're saying it's not done yet. So uh, you're right. It's a little choppy in some places with the art, especially when you zoom in and out. But yeah, especially when we have other games that just completely ignore the artwork and the graphic design. <laughs> they're like, Terraforming Mars, we're going to do our whole totally own thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I know the original artwork is not good. You sure. can't completely ignore that it exists because we're used to looking at it. Yeah. Castles of Burgundy. Yeah. Oh my God. That was the worst. Lorenzo. Elman <laughs> Lorenzo. Almanifico. Uh, yep. That was yep, the worst. Yep, yep. <laughs> you got, you got to at least make it recognizable because the people playing these are board gamers. You're it's not going to have like random steam players just jumping into these games. So root does it right. Good job. Root. Excellent. Can't, can't wait to play it. All right, well, I got two games on the tablet, or in this case, on Steam for you. And first up is a game that I talked about in the app version, and that's Roll for the Galaxy. Now, I was recently alerted to the fact that Roll for the Galaxy, and again, we've already talked about the app version of this. And again, if you haven't played Roll for the Galaxy, you should. It's a great tableau builder. Just talked about how I love my tableaus. So, here, you get to build up your own galaxy with planets and special alien technologies and everything. And what's fantastic is it takes the best elements of Race for the Galaxy 
and tweaks one major element where you know you actually produce and then ship makes things a lot faster and it's pretty pretty cool the app version here whether it's on steam or the actual ios app it's fantastic because it's as quick and simple as this game really should be so you actually can click a lot of the auto buttons for this and it just moves everything to place smoothly now it typically goes for about 15 bucks currently there is a special promotion. It's going for 10 bucks, So not too bad. 33% off. You know, everything on Steam goes on sale. So if you're not ready to pick it up, I'm sure you'll be able to pick it up on sale at some point. What's most exciting for me here is there's been some talk about having the expansions come out. And that's really what you don't typically get to do in board games. It's always like, hey, let's reteach the game again. But... If you haven't picked it up yet, you still might have a chance to pick this up. Roll for the Galaxy. It's on Steam. It's fantastic. It's a solid buy, even at the $15 price tag. And again, the extra content that you could pick up later on is definitely, definitely worth it. Next, I want to talk about a game that, thanks to Anthony, I've been playing obsessively. That is Monster Train. Remember when Slay the Spire was a thing and you played that all the time? Well, it turns out there's another game very similar to that, but actually will kind of like swallow you up whole, where it just like Spire just stuck you for a couple of hours here. This is really going to take up all of your time. So this is another game that's currently on Steam. And what's interesting about the game is that it has a lot of the elements of Slave Spire. So you are building a deck. So again, we go back to the classic deck builder mechanic here. But it also offers, I guess, what I would put as kind of like a tower defense situation. So you are playing as the bad guys here. You are working with Hell to safeguard this pyre, this little last piece of fire, because Hell's frozen over. And you're trying to get the fire to kind of like spark everything off and relight Hell. And there seems to be some you know, interesting story elements that pop up from here to there that maybe there's a certain betrayal, maybe the good guys aren't so good, maybe the bad guys aren't so bad, but nonetheless, hell's frozen over. Your job is to ride this monster train, fight off the forces of heaven using the forces of hell. And there's a lot of different forces of hell. And this is a very cartoony game. This is not a dark game or a sinister game. It's a very light, fun game. And you start off with a main faction, and then you follow up with a support faction in this game. So as the game goes on, you'll have opportunities to build up your faction, and you build up your faction based on these cards. So there's over 200 cards in the game. There's five different monster clans. As you play the game, you'll unlock different clans. There's new cards that kind of get unlocked. There's artifacts just like in Slay the Spire, that will actually give you special abilities throughout the game. And you'll be able to upgrade your spells. You'll get to upgrade your different, I guess, units, characters in this game. And there are hero characters. And the hero characters are pretty cool because you'll be able to upgrade them as well, and they'll fight for you. So deck building, awesome. Tower defense, excellent. It's got, a, like I said, a cartoony feel to it. There's also some different modes, so beyond the standard kind of like build up your characters, try to rush them through. 
There is also a daily challenge, which kind of mix up all the different elements. So all those artifacts, stuff that you got, well, here's all mixed up. Can you win? You've already seen that in Slay the Spire. There's also what they call a hell rush, where you are competing against other players to complete the ride as quickly as possible. That's a little challenging. You know, make sure you've gone to the bathroom before you sit down because that goes super quick. You can, of course, put together your own challenges in the game. There will be, I think in the next couple of days or so, there will be a new downloadable expansion to this. So if you've already played this through and you're like, Chris, I already know about all this stuff. Well, did you know about the new DLC that's coming out? Because again, that might be something of interest to you. They already have betas out there, but Friends and Foes, the new expansion is supposed to pop out pretty soon, September 3rd. And that's going to add a lot of little different tweaks to the game. Some fun, some new kind of cards, new faction, new powerful locations and such. This is also a buy. This is actually a lot of fun, really well produced. It's only available on the PC, but if you could do some shenanigans, you know, it works with the Mac as well. Yes. Yes. This game is fantastic. <laughs> like, I play this game. I heard about it on a podcast, and they basically said the same thing. Like, oh, it's like a Slay the Spire, but it doesn't take as long. And we're like, cool, I'm in. I love that game, but it takes too long sometimes to do a run. And I dove in, and I was completely addicted, which is why I told you about it, because I knew you liked Slay the Spire, and you've <laughs> beaten it, so you need a new game. I do. And yeah, no, this is it's so much fun. And they keep releasing new stuff, right? Like, the thing about Slay the Spire is it hasn't changed a lot since it came sure. out release new content but if you've beaten it I'm like all right play monster train and it's just <laughs> my son will like watch over my shoulder because he's like oh it's cool what's going on and i'm like i'm not gonna go into the heaven and hell stuff but cartoons yeah. beating each other up it's fun <laughs> you know? yeah not a big fan of the theme itself but they they try to hint towards it's not good versus evil so to speak but it's it's something like a cartoony brother disagreement all right, so that's all the games that we got to the tablet this week. Now on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about the best version of Ticket to Ride. All right, Anthony, take it away. Ticket to Ride, probably the most recognizable game of the 21st century. Uh, the gateway of gateway games, um, only preceded by Catan and has sold millions and millions of copies so anybody listening to this unless it's like your first episode and you're just getting into board games in which case welcome to the podcast uh ticket to ride you probably know what it is so you might be thinking like why who cares like i know ticket to ride it's fine but did you know that there are about 25 expansions modules and various different versions of ticket to ride and some of them are much better than others. So we're going to go through real quick some of the best versions of Ticket to Ride, some of the best expansions for Ticket to Ride, and which ones you should get for specific situations, and which one you should get as the very best version of Ticket to Ride. So let us dive into that. First things first, before we dive into like all the expansions and everything, I have to mention the 10th anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride. You can't really buy it. You don't really want to. It's like $500, but it is a big, beefy, explosive deluxe version of the game with like little miniature trains that 
and they come in these tins and big massive board if you ever see it you'll think wow i wish i'd bought that someday you know five years ago you can't now but we are closing in on the 20th anniversary so you know hold your breath but i have a feeling asmodea will hit us up with another one of these pretty soon what we do want to get into though is the different versions of this game so we have seven different map collections i think there's an eighth one coming out soon each of these has one or two maps uh, usually it's a single map and it has two sides on it. And those typically bring new rules into the game. Uh, the very first expansion of this game that brought new rules in is the 1910 expansion, which brought in more tickets and three different game modes to the game. There was also the 1912 expansion. Between these two expansions, you could get cards that were actually like full-size cards instead of little tiny baby cards. So this is considered a must-have expansion, 1910 in, in particular, uh, especially with like the extra bonus cards that you can get at the end of the game. So if you have just the base game of Ticket to Ride, you must pick up the 1910 expansion. It is a must-have. They have still not packed this into the base game, which is insane to me, but there you go. Pick it up. It's like $15. So <laughs> well worth picking up. The uh, 1912 expansion is for the Europe map, which is... A standalone version of Ticket to Ride, which is Europe instead of the United States, but also introduces the idea of tunnels, which is a new mechanic to the game, which is used in other expansions down the line. So it's a little bit more complicated than the original. Not a lot, but a little bit if you want something more. You'll notice I'm not really going into the mechanics of Ticket to Ride. The basics are very simple. Like you draft cards, you play them down, uh, you know, in groups of colors to match the line of the route that you're trying to build and you put your trains on that route you're trying to match up different cities to each other based on the cards you draft for your routes and you score points based on that that's basically it it's very very simple it takes five minutes to teach and that's why it's such a great gateway game so let's dive into some of the expansions and why they are considered great and then we'll get kind of down to the best of the best of these one of the expansions I wanted to mention, uh, of course, was the Nordic Countries, which came out in 2007, which is very early on. This one takes you through Denmark, Finland, Norway, and Sweden. And you are basically just traveling along. Uh, it was like a limited edition release back in the day, but I think they've kind of put this in regular print <laughs> since then. Uh, I feel like five, ten years ago when we got into board games, it was hard to find. These days, it's pretty easy to find. The reason it's so sought after is that it's a two to three player focused map. So the base game is, it plays up to four, but you want to have, you know, four people for it because otherwise the, you know, the individual routes get narrowed down um, kind of artificially. Uh, there are maps, however, that play specifically for two to three players. So this one is very good, you know, approach to that because of, you know, wanting to have the two to three player uh, experience. Ticket to Ride Germany is another standalone edition that's very popular. Uh, this version of the game adds some of the more unique elements of the overall series. So you want to have passengers that you're going to pick up. So between collecting these two different cities, when you connect them, you're going to get passengers based on which cities you connect to. At the end of the game, whoever has the most passengers of the different colors that you collect is going to score 20 bonus points for that specific color. So there's a lot of different ways to get points and then you'll get 10 points for second most. So it kind of mixes, mixes things up quite a bit. The expansions, however, we're going to dive into these 
we have volume one, the Team Asia and Legendary Asia uh, expansion. This is the very first one that came out back in 2011. So this actually came out seven years after the original game, but it was the first of now seven, soon to be eight expansion packs. So these things come out every year, year and a half or so. So the Team Asia one lets you play with four to six players on two player teams. So we talk about like Concordia's team version, Venus. Alan Moon was way ahead of it. (laughs) So he did this back in 2011 with the Team Asia version where you're going to play basically together and try to map out these routes together. The legendary Asian side of the map is designed with Francois Valentin. And in this one, you're going to be basically building different routes through Asia um, based on mountain routes. And whenever somebody claims one of these routes, you have to place a train from your reserve in the mountain crossing. So kind of taking some of those ideas from Europe and expanding on them a little bit. We have the... uh, Ticket to Ride. The other versions here, we have India and Switzerland from 2011 as well, kind of the end of that year. India was worked on with Ian Vincent, and this is a two to four player map where you score points for claiming routes and completing tickets is pretty typical. Um, but there's all two other ways to score points. So you can get, you know, longest continuous path of trains gives you a bonus. And then the other way, like players can score points for connecting cities on multiple tickets with two distinct routes. So just kind of a small tweak to the original, but the map's a little bit tighter than typically. Um, Switzerland as well is another one of those two to three player maps. This one I would consider the best of the two to three player maps. If you want a map specifically for two people or even three, the Switzerland map is the way to go. There are several other of these uh we had the volume six came out in 2017 um with france in the old west we had volume seven uh came out in 2019 uh with japan in italy uh and this one specifically with japan has like the bullet trains which is a very cool addition uh passing between the different islands of japan but if we're really gonna boil it down to the best of Ticket to Ride. And this isn't bias, even though it's a little bit of bias. It's the Volume 5 release of the United Kingdom and Pennsylvania maps. So this one is uh, two very, very different maps. So let's start with Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania introduces the stock mechanism to the game for the first time. So when you place a route down based on which route you place, you're going to get a certain amount of stock. Uh, and they're all labeled on the board. So it's pretty simple to like to teach it to people who aren't familiar with stock-based games. And you're trying to generate points based on the most stock for specific companies by the end of the game. And this is probably the more complex way to play this game because honestly, like you add stocks to any game, it's a little more complex. But Ticket to Ride especially, you're just trying to build roots. It doesn't really matter where they are, which path you go like you go the super circuitous way and you as long as you get from point a to point b you score your points and this one it matters which way you go because you're going to score additional points based on which shares of the company you picked up on the way so that is really cool plus this is where i live (laughs) so you know ticket to ride uh, in my backyard is pretty cool united kingdom map however is in my opinion the best version of this game and here's why this one introduces technologies to the game So at the beginning of the game, you can only build one and two train routes. 
and you can only do it in England. Um, it's the whole United Kingdom maps. So you've got Scotland and Wales and England uh, and North Ireland. It's all there, but you can only build in England to start. When you spend your wild cards, you gain the ability to build routes three trains long or longer. And then you can build ferries across the water and build train routes in Scotland and Wales and Ireland. And you can also buy bonus cards that give you extra points based on certain things you do. There's even like a special route that basically sets up a freighter that gets you all the way across the water, like all the way to North America. So this one is my favorite. It is the most engaging and intriguing of the Ticket to Rides. It really feels like the next step in building out kind of a, you know, Euro style game without really overcomplicating the rules too much. And it's just part of this map pack that you can pick up. It's still in stock. It's relatively easy to find. In my opinion, Ticket to Ride Map Collection Volume 5, UK and Pennsylvania, is the best version of Ticket to Ride. If you're going to play the base game, either pick up Europe with 1912 or the base game with 1910. You need that expansion with the extra cards and the extra the upgrades to pick it up. So there you go, guys. Ticket to Ride best version and what was surprising about this anthony is that we came to this conclusion separately and i think that says something for this game i mean as you mentioned it has such a classic history it's a mainstay it's one of the biggest games of all time and yet one of their most recent releases not too long ago is honestly their best release and you're actually in fact getting two different games in one box, not to mention Ticket to Ride on top of everything else. But, I mean, if you took either of these games, either of these maps, and just split them up to separate games, they would be a classic in of themselves. And to have them in the same box is unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's like, I remember playing this expansion for the first time, and I bought it because it had the Pennsylvania map in it. And I'm like, I live here. This is fun. But <laughs> then we played it, and I was like, oh, it's actually really good, too. That's great. <laughs> Like, this is well made. I know that a lot of people are saying the Japan and Italy maps are very close, if not slightly better. I have not played these as much, but I will tell you from what little I have played of them, I still prefer UK and Pennsylvania. But honestly, any of these map packs, like almost all of them really do a good job of capturing why people enjoy Ticket to Ride, repackaging it in a way that's interesting and engaging. Um, there are some of them were, that were out of print for a very long time, like Heart of Africa and the Netherlands don't get a lot of attention because very few people have played them. Like they printed the expansion and that was it. And then now they're back, but barely. I still stand by it. I think UK, Pennsylvania, especially UK, is just the best way to play this game. Absolutely. All right. So if you haven't played Ticket to Ride, now you know the best way to play it. And if you have your full collection out there, please definitely, absolutely check out this special expansion for Ticket to Ride. All right, Anthony. So that's everything for this time. Until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat at the table. 